show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, doctors, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists. Where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back to the Healthcare Wrap. I'm Jared Johnson, your host, and I've got next to me right here, uh, Mr. Peter B. What's up? What's up? Hey, Peter. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Good. I mean, how can you not be when it's episode nine? I'm very happy to be here doing this with you. We are so happy that you are joining us and you're coming along for the ride. Just really great stuff, and we've gotten great feedback, as we said, from you guys. So thank you so much for, for being a part of this. Yeah, you know, speaking of being a part of things... You know what I like being a part of? What's that? Music history. Because we are healthcare <laughs> rap, right? So we fall into the rap group. So we, we were looking back. You know, you can't help but do that. We were looking back at albums, yes. like significant albums yeah. that made a splash 25 years ago. We're talking 1993. There were some pretty uh, pretty crazy albums going on there. So yeah. when I look at some of those big albums that happened in 1993, there were things like Wu-Tang Clan, a Tribe Called Quest, Snoop Dogg, Cypress Hill, Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins. Tell me where your mind is going right now, Peter. I was just going to say, I got caught up, We were when we were looking this up, I got caught up in the next year, which was one of my favorite bands. Ill Communication from Beastie Boys was next year. So, but good stuff here. You know, this was the year that uh, a much anticipated album, the Snoop Dogg album came out, which was the follow-up because he gotten so big from the chronic from Dr. Dre. So this album, Snoop Doggy Style, was like, went through the roof. It was amazing. So, and that really is where he created his name. Some good stuff back in that early 90s, I'll tell you that. And a lot of different runs, because Smashing Pumpkins was big. Nirvana was still going strong. So lots of heavy-duty stuff coming right around in those early 90s. I like thinking back to those years. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yes, I good enjoy stuff. It. But how can we market forward? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag market forward. <laughs> then that's true. Right. We have to think musically forward too. Not saying there's no good stuff right now because there's plenty of good stuff now. Oh, yeah. But those were those were some good, you know, formidable years. Yes. I think there's a lot of influence that came off of that stuff too. Yeah, there really is. Yeah. I just thought of something. Wouldn't it be cool if as, you know, new artists come out and they say, oh, I was influenced by so and so, wouldn't it be amazing if you were called out as an influence to a up-and-coming marketer right now. That would be cool. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's the kind of thing you would do if you're marketing forward. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag marketing forward. Seriously, <laughs> if someone, you, you were following in someone's footsteps in a good way uh, in the marketing world, you should just tell them that they influenced you. And I think that could be a huge thing for somebody. So just think about that a little bit. So, Peter, I'm going to challenge you, and you can challenge me right back. We can be the first ones to do this. Okay. 
at least with this hashtag of marketing forward, yes, to give that shout out to that person or persons, okay, uh, those who have influenced you. Well, you're going to hit me right now with that. All right, I'll, I'll, I'm always going to put because if you listen to our last podcast, we talked about someone giving you the wherewithal, kind of giving you the green light to do some interesting forward-thinking things in marketing. And I will always go back and say my manager uh, when I was with uh, Roar Healthcare in Wisconsin, Mary Reinke. Mary was just an amazing manager and really allowed me to kind of stretch my mind as long as I had the homework done. And she was the one that coined the phrase, make red lights, yellow lights, and make yellow lights, green lights. And for me, that's been, that's has stuck with me in, in terms of my marketing mantra going forward. So Mary Reinke, I give you a shout out on that one. Now you. Now my turn? Yeah. Okay, just one. This is hard, but I'm the one who came to mind first and foremost is a friend, Preston Gee. And Preston has been around to see the evolution of healthcare marketing. Uh, Preston's a multi-book author. He's with Christus Health now in Texas. Yeah. But Preston was a big influence on me. He was actually one of the ones who opened doors for me, has introduced me to several folks at a couple of conferences, has, has been on boards at practically every level with every influential body in healthcare marketing for a long time. And through that all, Preston continues to push the envelope and continues to be at the leading edge of things, and at the end of the day, it's just a, a very nice person to talk to. So sounds like you uh, you're very influenced by him. So that's awesome. I was. It was right when I was actually kind of opening the door myself. I had quit a job. I had said I'm going to go consult on my own, and Preston was one of the ones uh, who was influential in helping get me on my feet in terms of a direction to where to go. So this is kind of a cool game to, it to is think cool. about. It is cool. Yeah. Hashtag marketing influence. I think is we can go with that. So. Throw us, uh, throw us some examples if someone um, really influenced you in the world of marketing. I love it. So let's keep that going. <laughs> Tag us at Healthcare Wrap. Find us on LinkedIn. All right. Okay. This is cool. Well, let's see if we can create some influence today with our rap battle. All right. Rap battle. So rap battle is a segment, as many of you know already, where we challenge an assumption that's been holding back healthcare. And today, there are a couple of assumptions regarding brands in healthcare. And we wanted to address these a little bit because they can influence a lot of what we do day to day. One of those is that we have to control our brand to manage it. And we're going to challenge that today by saying that you actually have to give up some control of your brand in order to manage it better in this day and age of online reviews, of shareable content, of people saying whatever they want, whenever they want, yeah. however they want, which was not always the case. We used to live in a world where we had full control over the message of our positioning and of what people thought about us, or at least we thought. Right. You know, the, the thought was that we'd create a perfectly crafted message in an advertisement. We would shotgun it out there, but it would be, be a little box and and inside that box, we had full control over how it looked, what it said, and, you know, really how we thought people would react to it. Well, that's so not the case anymore, is it? We can't just think about how we want people to say things. We can't just send a news release out there and expect people to quote it. Yeah, how often does that work in and of itself, by itself, as a main tactic? The, the challenge today is to think about how do we actually have to give up control of our brand? Because let's face it, you actually don't have control of it yourself anymore. So there's an internal side and there's an external side. The internal side is that we have to be realistic 
let's face it, this shows kind of the reality check right, out right, there right. for healthcare marketing. We have to be realistic that things work and things don't, that things actually show up to people the way we think they do. The fact is people don't trust native brand messages as often anymore. Most people just on the street think healthcare is not exactly like the funnest, most trusting entity out there. Most people have a negative view of healthcare. Let's come down to it. You know, let's, let's be real about that. So that's the internal challenge is being real about what our message actually is and how we can manage it. The external challenge is to realize like how we are viewed. I I shouldn't say everyone's like this. Hopefully everyone's better than me on this, but I have been guilty of thinking that I have to control the brand in order to manage it. And what that means is that when somebody publishes a bad review, when someone misquotes something, when someone mischaracterizes something and I you know, we catch it in our social media monitoring. Well, let's blast them. You know, let's tell them that, like yeah. that's not or scrub it. Yeah, yeah, or scrub it. Let's either delete it or ignore it or come down hard on them. You know, like, like we have full control over it anyway. Right. How often does that work anymore? It's such 180 degrees different from how things used to be even a few years ago. But this is the world we live in with social media these days and online reviews. So the control truly is in the hands of people who most often don't work for our organizations anymore. So that can be scary or we can take advantage of that. When we approach it from a standpoint of we're going to control it, we're going to come down hard. Like If that's our interaction with people when they're talking about us, I mean, this discussion's almost moot. Like, it right. sounds so ridiculous. Right. And yet we still can sometimes natively approach our communications that way. So internally, how that looks is that we, we're the brand police, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we use that term loosely, and sometimes it, it's just kind of, you know, we're being a little facetious. But really, internally, if we are seen as the brand police, then no one else in the organization is going to see us as innovators. Right. I love uh, Aaron Watkins. Um, Aaron has, has shared that before. Aaron leads the digital marketing and digital strategy for Johns Hopkins. So a shout out to you, Aaron. This thing has stuck with me, and I've, I've seen Aaron present this a couple of times, that we can rarely be seen as innovators and governors or brand police at the same time. So choose which one you want, but how do we do that and relinquish some of the control? Isn't that scary? It is. I love this discussion because I think um, there's a couple things at play here. Depends on maybe how old you are, because a person that's been in the biz for a while of of communications and PR and marketing, I imagine that if you have not kind of kept up with the way communications has gone, you'll have a very tight-gripped approach to brand. And I think if you're younger, transparency is everything. And so I think where you might want to fall is in the middle a little bit, but think of it in this terminology. The brand, I think, would work better as a conversation. You're in a situation where you have an opportunity to, you brought up some examples. Something comes up on social media, a comment comes up on social media. There's not a day that goes by that we get a comment or a response on social media that we don't vacillate between should we say something or not. And just like in PR, you don't always have to have a response for everything. And just like in a conversation with somebody, someone may say five points to you and you address three of them and then you let the other two just kind of you know circle off. Or you bridge and you move to something else, right? It's PR 101. I think the brand could do very well for itself by thinking of it in terms of a conversation. So... What I said before was there are some variables to how you deal with brand. One is, I think, your age because it depends on kind of when you came into the world of communications. And then the other one is what's your background? So just a thought from that standpoint. No, I really like that. It made me actually think of a good example of just how your brand is 
it's got to be a conversation. I really look at that a lot in customer and patient reviews. Yeah. Because we really could just say, oh, all the negative ones, they don't know what they're talking about. Right. If we're looking at things through that lens of 10 years ago, that's what we'd want to do. Right. And we'd want to say... And show no public record of them. Yeah, and that's how we want to manage it. Yeah. I remember this. Uh, this was... Let's see. When was this? 2011. Like, it actually wasn't even that long ago. Yeah. But a uh, former place I worked, we were presenting to the CEO. We were wanting to get on... Uh, yeah, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Okay. This is really opening the archives here. Yeah, yeah. So going back. We were looking to just get on those three, though. And I felt like we had a good argument to, to get on. We, we made a good case for it, at any rate. And the first question back to us was, well, can we just turn the comments off? Like, so we can just keep posting in those places. That's not an affront on any particular person. Like, that's just, the, that was the going response at the time. Yeah. That was, hey, these are more channels that we can just announce a message, a one-way message. And, you know, our response was, well, we are trying to create a conversation. That's the strength of this channel. And so we don't want to use these channels the same way we've used other channels we want to do them differently. We want to have a conversation. So it made me think of that example where we were presenting that, and that that was the common response. Is why would I want people to comment? Because they could say something terrible about us, yeah. and then people are going to see that. But we've talked about this in another podcast. That's an opportunity to turn something negative into a positive. This is where you can delight a customer. You go on and you converse with them publicly. You assess the situation. You fix the situation in hopes you, you know that's what you'd want to do. And then that becomes a public forum. And then other people that might have had that trouble or just other people see this kind of interaction and be and they're like, well, you know what? This this hospital system, this organization really, you know, values a conversation. They don't scrub that stuff. They don't just, you know, get belligerent with them. They're actually open to talking and having a two-way conversation, which again, let's go back to the the brand is a conversation. That is not has not been the case. In years past, this is only probably in the last maybe a decade, maybe even less of uh, this phenomenon of the, the brand being a conversation. I think no, it really has been. It's 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 pretty recent. We are still used to controlling our message. I feel like I mean, advertising is the proof of that. That's where we are down to the to the pixel, to the font size, to how things are laid out there, and we have full control there. Maybe that's one reason we like advertising paid marketing is because we have full control over it. We know at least where we intend to put those things. And maybe that's more comfortable, but sometimes that is the most effective thing. Sometimes that's the way to promote things. That's the way to get the word out about it. Yeah. I mean, another way to do it, though, is to create content that people actually want to share and to kind of build those internal and external brand ambassadors, you know, those who are going to say good things because they want to. Right. It's not because we ask them to. It's less formal than ever. When you have delighted a customer, Peter, to your point, they will want to share something positive about you. You don't have to tell them, oh, can you please share that? Right. Like, right. Can, can we then take what you just said and turn that into a controlled message? Mm -hmm. Do it in a way so that they're going to share it anyway. Right. They're going to do it in a way that they can grab a hold of that story and tell it for you. Yeah. That used to be an uncomfortable conversation to say, how do we not just put a story out there, but how do we hand a story to people that they will tell for us? As marketers and communicators, I think we're starting to get better at that thought, but we still have to keep that in the forefront of our mind of how to hand a story to somebody. It's kind of this act of handing a pitch to a journalist. Yeah. We have to trust. You have to build a relationship there. You have to have faith that they're going to tell that story correctly. Maybe there does need to be a little correction when it comes out just so they know the next time. But really, that's the same thing we're doing. We're just doing it on a massive scale now. We are handing parts of our story that make sense on their own 
that you can give to somebody else and they can tell the story in a way that is going to be just more trusting. People trust reviews. They trust journalism. They trust things that are shared more than anything we as a brand put out these days. I think what you said um, as we prepared for this podcast too was it's a gift. And I know that sounds a little corny, but it, it is a gift, especially when you look at it in terms of something like a, a patient story that might be about a certain uh, disease type or, you know, whatever it happens to be, if it's cancer or epilepsy or whatever it happens to be, you know, those stories, if you package it up correctly and you give as a gift to, to uh, say, an organization like a, like a local organization, like a, a local American Cancer Society or Epilepsy Foundation of Arizona, they can then utilize that to strengthen and further their organization, but also at the same time for you, and you're hitting the exact same people. So, you know, like I said, it does sound a little corny, but I, I love that you coined it as a gift because it's a win-win for everybody. And when you give a gift, you feel great to give the gift. And when you get the gift, you feel great too. So it's kind of in a way, like I said, it might not be the best analogy, but I really feel like that is a really good example of how you can kind of control your brand without being controlling of a brand. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I think that's a really good point, kind of a way to wrap it up. Yeah. So if we kind of translate that into a couple of takeaways, I mean, my first one would just be, you know, to first and foremost, create content that people want to share. Yeah. So you don't have to tell them or beg them, hey, play. Yeah. tell our story for us. Right. And there's yeah. so many good examples of it out there from nonprofit organizations to, I mean, there's so many great, I mean, you see it almost every day on Facebook. Like I'm practically crying looking at Facebook every day, whether it's Humane Society or, and, and these are just little local Humane Societies too. Like I'll see it and it'll, it'll somehow I'll get it. I'm, I'm, you know, it's a sponsored post and it comes to me and I want to share it because it's an amazingly done story. It's a gift that was given to me and now I can turn it around if I want to. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think we see really good examples of it all the time. So we just think of it that way instead of just one-way conversations or one-way communication. It's still, right. we want to create a conversation. So yeah, definitely creating shareable content. I would say another one would just be monitoring our reviews to the point where we actually have insights that we share with the rest of the organization. I mean, we should just have the format and the process down so easily that we can know what to do when there is a review that we want to share, when we want to share yeah. what other people did. And then another one would just be to actively build those internal and external brand ambassadors. Again, it's a less formal process than it used to be. You don't necessarily call it an ambassador program anymore. I mean, you can. Yeah. But the idea is that that's going to carve out some of your marketing budget and marketing resources to do that. You can't just add that on top of advertising in all the same places. You're going to have to pick or choose. So right. if you pick off some of that budget and some of your resources and dedicate some of the time to that, then I see that being more effective. Agreed. All right. Well, all right. Rap battle. I think we're just going to Nailed wrap it. that up. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, what do you say? What do we move into our freestyle? It's time. I feel it. Like that. Well, let's let's talk about managing our brand, and that'll be our freestyle. All right. And we have the lovely uh, top hat of yeah. marketing awesomeness. I like this top hat. Okay. One of these days, we're gonna have to post a picture of this hat. Yes, we will. And us reaching in. Just today won't be that day. Right. <laughs> okay. Let's see what we got. We okay. Got. So freestyle is our next segment, and freestyle is the segment where we take a look at other perspectives about the topic that we are addressing that day. 
and we try to build a little bit of empathy for other perspectives. And so today we're going to look at managing our brands from a couple of different perspectives that maybe we don't think about often enough. Yeah. I know, again, I'm guilty of this. I just think of, hey, this is important. Like, this is what we got to do. Right. And I need to broaden that perspective a little bit. So again, this isn't saying like, I'm an expert at this. Right. I'm saying like, this. Is, I, I need to go through this exercise as much as anyone. So Anyway, we're going to pick a couple of topics. Well, we're going to pick a couple of audiences, and here's the topic, which is managing your brand. And so from the fabulous top hat of marketing awesomeness, here's the first topic. Okay. Which one is it here? All right. So it's graphic designer. So managing a brand from the standpoint of a graphic designer. So I'll let you, as usual, you want that one? You want one that's kind of like a showcase showdown? I'll I'll take this one. That's fine. I've been in this (laughs) world before, so I'll I'll take it. This is a tough one. Okay, so from managing the brand from the standpoint of a graphic designer, I think, again, the world is changing. As much as we said the brand can work better as a conversation, the brand can also work better when the brand is a little bit more accessible from a graphic standpoint. Now, I'm not saying that you throw the logo here and there and across the land. What I'm saying is that I think stringent brand guidelines was a mark of yesteryear. I think um, having a little bit of plus minus on each side of the brand of branding guidelines can go a long way. And I think um, especially as you uh, as an organization or a healthcare organization begins to partner more with with outside organizations um, whether they be community organizations like American Cancer Societies or you know the, the as I said before those kinds of groups I think that the brand can be relaxed a little bit. Now, again, I'm not advocating for changing the logo, changing the colors, the very intrinsic parts of a brand guideline. That is something I'm not um, advocating for. What I'm advocating for is, is a, like I said, a little relax on how the logo is used or where it's used in its proximity with another logo, things along those lines, especially even how it's used uh, maybe even externally like on a flag or something along those lines. I guess from my standpoint is the tight grip of brand guidelines from yesteryear I think needs to be relooked at and I think having just a little bit more relaxed approach could allow people more people to want to use it and approach us or approach an organization more with that in mind. Spot on on your time and spot on on the ideas. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. interesting conversation. I have a feeling that won't be the last time we talk about that. I'm sure not. I'm sure not. We we may have folks that want to come in and talk to us about that too. Or (laughs) send us something too because, hey, we are not experts in in graphic design. And which one did you pull out? What's your – which one do you got now? Well, let's take a look. Okay. Unfold this. Let's see. What you got? I have customer service teams. So I think that would mean customer service teams that answer – social media messages yeah. or reviews. Yeah. So a lot of times that can be someone on the marketing or communications team, but we'll talk about when the customer service team is addressing those things. So what does it mean to manage the brand? All right, we'll get hit the timer. You're up. Okay. I wouldn't traditionally actually think of this as a branding question, but when we think of our brand as the accumulation of many micro touch points, yeah. uh, a friend of mine, Sean Gross at White Rhino, uh, refers to them as micro moments of trust. I love that term. That is great. So I just always want to give credit where credit's due, that Sean. Awesome. But that phrase just really hits home to me. It's this network of micro moments of trust that we are either building or detracting from brand credibility. In those moments, what do people complain about in a review? It's not usually that they had bad health care. Or, or bad medical care. It's usually that somebody at the front desk was rude or the doctor was impatient with them, didn't answer their questions, you know, bedside manner. It's usually the way in which something was addressed. And so customer service has an opportunity, and, and I see a lot of good examples of this, where that team gets it, that they are creating 
hopefully a micro moment of trust by the way that they respond and how quickly they respond to something. There's a there's a race I'm actually looking to sign up for later this year, and I was trying to see, like, I thought I could get a discount for it, and so I filled out a web form, and I pinged them on Twitter just this last weekend, and within, like, half a day, I heard back on Twitter. It was even on the weekend, you know, so I didn't expect right away, but right. I heard back on Twitter, like, four days before I did from the email, and both things were positive, but then one on Twitter was like, hey, here's the link, here's this, here's this. And that was perfect. That was a brand opportunity. You know, I had a favorable impression of the brand. I ended up signing up for that race as a result of, partially because of that moment with customer service. So I feel like we have opportunities that are not just with marketing. It comes back to that thought of a relay race that we've talked about in previous episodes. You know, let's make sure that the customer service team has all that they need to empower them to represent the brand. Right on with your time. But also, that's a crazy thing to think about is that who would have ever thought customer service would be part of a communications team? 10, 12 20 years ago. They've always been very separate, different, you know, building, different people. Not the case anymore. You know what else is not the case anymore? Hmm. Is that we have any more time. Like, we're we're pretty much out of time today. Oh, we're all out. And this is such good conversation. So let us know if you have any ideas on this stuff, too, because the, the brand stuff is amazing. It's, it's completely evolving right before our very eyes. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It really is. Well, thanks for letting us uh, freestyle a little bit in front of you. That was fun, as always. Uh, We learn as we go there. Hit us up on healthcarewrap.com for a full archive of episodes. So definitely hit us up on Twitter at healthcarewrap. We are still doing that hashtag. I'd I'd love to see that. Marketing influence. Yes. And then also marketing forward. Yes. Either of those hashtags work. Or both of them. There we go. Either, both. Do both. Just hit us up. Let us know because we're eager to find out about what what you guys know and and who's influenced you guys. So great stuff. Absolutely. And so on behalf of Peter and myself, thanks for tuning in again. And that's a wrap.